You're listening to The Healthy Sensitive. Welcome everyone to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people, introverts, beatniks, and creative renegades who are just trying to figure out how to live well in a kind of crazy world. I'm Leah, your hostess on the show, and today I want to talk about honesty. I have mixed feelings about honesty, as it turns out. Uh, it's, it's odd because it's been coming up a lot lately in conversations I've had with friends and even in some of my research. So it turns out honesty has some very cool perks. It's a little strange, actually. So I don't know how many of you may have read Malcolm Gladwell's most recent book, Talking with Strangers. But in it, he talks about how, you know, there's any number of ways in which we can be deceived. Um, he referred, He talked about Enron as an example. Uh, he refers to a number of different ways in which these uh, schemes get perpetuated and, and make it for, you know, uh, go a long time before the person who's perpetuating the deception is caught. So, okay, so that's a thing. Why didn't anyone catch them? And when Malcolm Gladwell does some digging, what he discovers is that for the most part, people default to trusting. It's an odd sort of thing to say because, especially in in the United States, my sense is that most people are quite cynical. But as it turns out, with regard to human nature, that's not necessarily true. Our default is to trust the word of the person we're speaking with, unless, of course, you're referring, you know, like there are exceptions. But in his book, too, he he notes a few people who do catch these deceivers, the Enrons of the world. And he noted one gentleman who was one of the first to sort of flag Enron. And as he's going through and describing the distinctions between this man and most other people, initially it leaves all of us sort of thinking, wow, we're all a bunch of easy marks and maybe we would fare well to grow more discerning eye. But what Malcolm Gladwell then goes further on to report is that this same man lives his whole life in a space of fear. He's constantly dreaming up new conspiracy theories. He's constantly on the lookout for ways in which he might be, you know, want, gotten over, if you will. So he pays a really hefty price for having his so-called discernment, having his so-called, uh, oh, skepticism, cynicism, etc., And so what Malcolm Gladwell is able to kind of decipher is we human beings, for the most part, end up faring better when we trust. And we certainly fare better when we are trustworthy. That's kind of given more weight with the likes of people like Jordan Peterson. Now, what you should know about Jordan Peterson, he's a psychologist. I don't believe he's a psychiatrist, but he's, you know, he has a PhD in psychology, so he's a smart cookie. And he talks at length about, um, he's very enamored with archetypes. And so he's kind of a controversial character. And in his discussion about honesty, he uses the symbolism that of uh, hell and heaven. And he says, every time that we are honest, we, we create heaven on earth. And every time that we are dishonest, we create a kind of hell on earth. And we know this instinctively, like something inside of us knows that a lie doesn't serve us well, which is all well and good when we're talking about archetypes. But Bring that into the fold and make it more about the tangibles. And it does, the research indicates that honesty is linked with better health outcomes. So there was a, there was a research, there was a study done. It was about 10 weeks long, two groups of people, all college students. One group was asked to um, reduce the number of so-called white lies or just dishonest reportings. And, you know, a white lie, for those who might not know exactly what that means, is is a lie that's told without the intention of causing any harm. Um, how does this look on me? Oh, it looks lovely. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think of my chicken? Oh, I love chicken. I'm a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell a lie, but I'm not intending to cause harm. If anything, I'm intending to um, soothe your potentially very fragile ego. I don't know. 
But even with these white lies, when people reported saying less of them, their health markers went up. They were less reportings of stress, tension, depression, melancholy, uh, which is significant. So that would lead us to suspect that the more honest we are with people, the better. And I can even add a certain amount of credit to that in my personal life. I've gotten increasingly straightforward about the way that I communicate with people. And I was talking to one of my nearest and dearest friends, and uh, we were talking about uh, being really honest, especially as it relates to new relationships. So whether that means a new budding, the potential of a budding friendship or even the potential of a budding romance. And in, I, I relayed to her because she had told me that she had reached a point in her life and she wanted a partner, but she was so tired. <laughs> she said, I just can't. I just, I, I'm, listen, buddy, this is it. This is what you get. Um, <laughs> when she met her now husband for the first time in person, uh, she, you know, they met online and they were going to meet and uh, she told him over via text or what have you, like, listen, I'm moving. I'm going to be coming straight after work. I will not be wearing makeup. I will be exhausted. Please don't expect much. Like the bar is low, buddy. And when she arrived at the restaurant and he was already there, he had tied a bow around a Sharpie and had said, well, since you're moving, I thought you might need this. And she was touched because it, it was such a, a, a mild gesture but it required an amount of thought and she thought well okay let's have lunch (laughs) let us proceed and she said I continue this is her now saying it I continue to be ruthless with my honesty and now when this woman says that it's I I don't know how ruthless that might actually have been she too is an HSP and uh her her go-to way of being in the world is uh kind you know everything she does is with a measure of kindness that's my experience of her so for her to say like no I was just kind of like rugged and straight to the point in my mind I'm sure she was much more clear but I have I, I find it hard to imagine ruthless being the actual way that she was communicating and at some point she laughed and said I even had to look to this guy and say listen if you're still around even with me behaving like this you're either really really wonderful or incredibly stupid <laughs> uh and that was one testimony and I took it to heart because at the time that we were talking about this I had told her in the best way that I knew how that one of the things I wanted to do was get more I wanted to sharpen I had was basically a cotton puff and I was really tired of feeling like people were not clear about what my expectations were or where my boundaries lay. So that was one conversation that I had and I thought, well, that's something I'm going to put down in terms of like a, 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 de- a deep amount of wisdom. And I spoke with another friend of mine who had a very similar story. You know, she too was done with the whole casual dating-ness and she just said I'm so tired I'm just gonna be frank with the people that I meet and if there's somebody who digs it well that's cool and if not that's that's fine I'm tired too tired to care and more recently for myself as I'm absorbing all of this content I, I know I told you in a, a, a podcast at one point that there was just this absurd situation where there were well, there was more than one gentleman who was vying for my attention. And I want to be clear here. I am not like, I don't, I don't suffer from false modesty. I am not all that in a bag of potato chips. It was just a fluke of a thing. Um, you know, you, you go out with a guy and you know, it doesn't quite fit, but you don't really feel like you need the conversation because it didn't really go that far, but you kind of hang out occasionally. And then that happened a few times in a row, add that up over the course of eight months. And then before you know it, Suddenly you're, you're having conversations with upwards of two, three, and four men. And at some point that became absurd. <laughs> so it's like, okay, conversations need to be had. So untangled all of the messes that was each of those dynamics. And it's like, okay, I don't need any of it. But it's, this is what was weird. Uh, I could say that all day long. And then in the midst of me saying, yeah, I don't need that. You know, partners are dumb. I like being alone. I still logged in to a dating site in a new one no less so it wasn't just like I logged into the same one I was using it was like I'm gonna try a new one I'm like even as I'm doing it I'm like logging in I'm doing like what the hell am I doing I don't want this what what is going on and I think 
in, you know, in, in doing a little bit of introspection, it was coming from a place of, you know, I want to try an experiment. I want to try, because my MO is to go into dating, uh, either all in, sort of feeling like, yeah, I'm hopeful, I have energy, or I, you know, I exhaust myself and then I'm completely out of the game. Like, no, 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 I can't deal with that and just cut it off. This was the first time I thought, I wonder what it would be like if I engaged in this space from a place of kind of the cranky old lady of like, all right, because I'm too tired to be a pleaser. And there's value in that. I've, I've found that to be true um, with any kind of dynamic, whether it's at work, whether it's with my friends. And so I, I just had never applied it into the realm of dating before. So I thought, okay, let's try this. And I met someone, and I want to be clear here, I'm not, it, it's new, and it's lovely, and it feels great, because new, lovely relationships, especially in the realm of romance, have all of the good feels. But what excites me about it isn't that he's a lovely man, though he is. It's not that we're having great conversation, though we are. It's not that there seems, you know, there isn't any clicking, because there is that. The thing that excites me the most is in every conversation, I'm being honest. I'm not doing the whole, no, really, it's okay, whatever you think. It's like, no, listen, just so you're aware, I I go to sleep at night and I wear an eye mask and I have earplugs. I even have face mask stuff that I put on my face. I am so not sexy when I go to sleep. I'm pretty sure I snore, although I've been told it's not loud, so there is that. Uh, I'm very particular about my sleep rituals. So there's all of these reasons why you probably wouldn't want to like stay the night with a person such as myself. Also, I'm a nerd. I am constantly reading and looking at podcasts and I'm forever like I'm the one who sends a, a, like a text message to you saying, hey, fun fact was reading Bryson's book, Short History on Nearly Everything. Did you know that if a meteor was plummeting toward the earth and was going to hit us, the likelihood that we would catch it? is really, really small. And in fact, we probably wouldn't know it was here until it, well, was here. (laughs) We wouldn't know about its impending arrival until it was about 30 seconds from hitting the planet. So um, yeah, (laughs) fun fact. And uh, (laughs) that's my MO. I like deep, meaningful conversations about philosophy and psychology and biology and chemistry and physics and as much as science really doesn't seem to like me back I've got a total crush on science I watched Deep Space Nine and I also just finished watching Pride and Prejudice like I'm this weird hodgepodge of like gooey emotional goopedness and also sci-fi nerd meets I don't even know what you would call me exactly but I'm all the weird And listen, that's not going to stop. Like, I'm a highly sensitive person. I don't like a lot of stimulation. I don't like getting, you know, like, I like to think about things deeply. I I have an emotional intensity about me in terms of how I experience the world that most people find damn near exhausting. And man, like the sensory sensitivity, like the smells and the sights and the sounds. And I mean, it's all great because I, I feel fully alive, but I exhaust myself half the time. I wouldn't inflict me on anyone without giving them all of the facts. I used to do that though. I used to please my way into people's hearts and then, you know, turn around and say, (laughs) just kidding. Turns out I do have needs. I know I said I didn't, but I lied. But here's the funny thing. I didn't just lie to them. The only person, because I I pride myself on being pretty honest with other people, but the first person that I have a tendency to lie to is myself. So what's fun about this new dynamic that I have going on is that I'm not lying to myself. I made a point at one point, you know, this gentleman I was speaking to works very hard. He works seven days a week and I totally respect that. And I said, listen, if you want to go on a date, that's fine, but I can't be having the whole we go on a date and you've got your phone next to you whether it's texting your guys at work or I you know catching a Pokemon I just I can't I I do not want to compete with your phone I've done that and if you love your work that much I completely respect it but go find yourself a girl that's a good fit for you because I thought I was the type that would totally be okay with being at the dinner table with my beloved while he checks his emails, plays on a game, checks the games, the score and whatever football game he's interested in. And it's, 
I'm not okay with it, it turns out. And this guy said, okay, no problem. Um, he arranged the schedule. He worked a little bit harder during the week, you know, stretched his hours a bit, made arrangements with everyone at work. I will not be available during this time on this day, um, but I will be available again the following day. And I was so tempted to say, you know what, maybe that is a little unreasonable. And I stopped myself and I said, no, it's not unreasonable. It also, by the way, would not have been unreasonable if he turned around and said, hey, listen, I need a partner who can handle this. I need a partner who's okay with me always being on my phone because my work is my everything. You know, there are people who talk about that. I hear that from people like Gary Vaynerchuk. I hear that from people, I I don't know if I've heard it explicitly from the likes of Warren Buffett, but there's a, a, there's a type of personality out there that is driven, highly driven, and could not fathom being away from their phone or their work. And if they love it and they don't want to have to parcel out time with, with their family or their friends or whomever, they, they need more of that work-life integration, much more so than like a, a distinction between. I respect the crap out of it. I just can't be in a relationship with it. And that's okay. Both is okay. Any person who needs a partner who is okay with that, that's valid. And any person who's not okay with it, that's valid. This is what I'm getting at when I'm talking about honesty. Now, with regard to the study that was done on it in terms of the better outcomes, I can relate now to this in a very visceral way. The relief of saying, no, this is this is a non-negotiable for me. I, I This is a need. Uh, I, I need your undivided attention for however long that you've deemed me worthy of a date. And if we're only hanging out for an hour, that's great. But I want your undivided attention for all 60 of those minutes. (laughs) um, If we go to a movie, I mean, obviously there are exceptions. You know, uh, a family member is ill and you need to keep your phone by you. Or there's a very particular singular thing happening at work and it's, you know, life and death or, you know, there are always exceptions. But I mean, I need there to be some kind of a standard. And for me to even admit that was huge. It's like, whoa, check me out. Check me, like watch me do this thing where I say what my wants and my needs are to myself first because it it was me that would try and lie and say, man, maybe I'm being unreasonable. And it was me who first had to come to terms with, no, no, I'm not being unreasonable. I, I, I need to stick, you know, I need to hold the line here. So that's all great, right? You know, honesty is is fabulous. And I I even, you know, the person I'm seeing right now kind of cracks up about it. He's like, yeah, so weird. You don't want to compete with a phone. That's dumb. That's really not a problem. I can leave my phone at home. (laughs) Um, Or when I had said, you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I... I, I just, this is it. Like, I don't wear makeup. <laughs> or I, to the extent that I do, it's basically just glorified sunblock. Um, I'm not very, what's the word? Um, glamorous. Uh, I don't wear heels. I am not especially, uh, I'm not going to be a glamorous, glowing, flirtation. Like, I'm just not that girl. I've got lots of friends. Well, not lots of friends, but I've got many acquaintances and a few very close friends who are that girl and I love them for it but I'm not her so go find her if you want her please because I want you to be happy and I want to be happy and I'm finding myself because again I've been able to figure out how to do that with friendships more and more Uh, I'm getting better at doing that in my place of work but romance has been the one area where that has been the greatest challenge and I'm finally in a space where I'm starting to experiment with it in that area. So that's all well and good. What does this have to do with, um, you know, like what, what might be, because we need to talk about the negative aspects of this too, right? Because as much as I'm a fan of honesty and as, as much as I'm sort of warming up to the idea that, whoa, this is kind of a, a really cool shtick and I've got research to indicate that honesty is the best policy, it, you know, holding things in, not so great, better to be real, except (laughs) because there has to be an except I've also been in relationships where there was perhaps an unhealthy quantity of honesty or maybe the word I'm looking for is like a lack of a filter for truth so I as I've referred to on a number of occasions I was in a relationship with a man who uh when I would 
try and when we would be engaging in an argument, like a conflict, my go-to is to sit for a minute, process things deeply, kind of figure out, okay, now wait, 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 what's my real grievance here? Am I just tired? Is this thing that he's doing and that's bothering me, is that a thing that would bother me in any other circumstance? Or is this just me being tired and hungry and just generally feeling icky? I don't want to raise this grievance with a lover if it's not a real grievance. But from his perspective, that felt inauthentic. So from his perspective, it's just tell me. I don't care if it's real or not. You know, be honest. The filtering is a kind of lie. That was what he, that was his feedback to me. Which was very interesting because I was talking with a client recently. And she was talking about, you know, a conflict she was having in her relationship. Again, romantic relationship. And uh, she started noticing that she was really angry. And she's afraid of her anger. And... Uh, you know, she, there was an explosion of sorts and for her, an explosion is actually very quiet, but nevertheless, it felt explosive to her as she was conveying her, her frustration to her partner. And as she's talking about it with me, she was saying, it's hard to, you know, just come right out and say what I need to say when I need to say it. I feel like I need to chew on it for a while. It, It doesn't just slide off the tongue. And that's been my experience. So I I remember saying to my partner, just to give another, you know, kind of sliding back there, it's like, okay, so you just want honesty and that's, that's fine. I get that. That's valid. But you've said things to me that are hurtful and that you then later redact and say, just kidding, that, that wasn't what I really thought. I mean, really horrible things that at some point he, he said fighting with me was like fighting with someone who had autism. And I thought, whoa, um, I sort of pride myself on being an effective communicator, but uh, clearly you don't. That's not your experience. So I don't really know where to go with that. And then later he might say, no, no, I was just being hyperbolic. Like that, that's not really how I feel. It's like, okay, but then why did you say it? He's like, well, I was just expressing my feelings at the time. It's like, "Mm, but that kind of makes you an asshole. And at some point he said, so what are you saying here, Leah? I have to filter everything I say. And I thought about it and I said, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. Like, because that's what adults do. They are able to filter what their thoughts are. They're able to kind of take all of the gobbledygook of their thoughts and say, what in this is useful? So that sort of brings me to, okay, well, then what are the other reasons where being honest might not bode well? And so there's a number of, you know, kind of pulling around, looking at a number of articles. Uh, One is with, you know, toxic people, I guess you could say. So, I don't know. I'm I'm always a little bit reluctant to say, ooh, that person's a toxic. She's toxic. I guess a better way to put it is when you're in relationship, in a relationship with someone, romantic friendship, I'm just saying any kind of relationship, where the person that you're talking to has not, like, you get the sense that they can't hold the space for vulnerability very well. So perhaps it's a very superficial relationship, could be at work, it could be friend of a friend, could be someone you've known forever, but that you're not necessarily that close to. Generally, HSPs have pretty good spidey senses around all of this. So you you know who I'm talking about. Like, you, I'm sure it con- you conjured an image of somebody like this. These are not people that probably will fare well with your real try you know, real true honesty because honesty requires a measure of vulnerability now why would that be a problem expressing vulnerability well it's not really not exactly except that you know what we have a tendency to do is put on a lot of armor we put on masks and there's nothing wrong with that per se, because sometimes that's appropriate. We put on our armor so that we can go out into the world, especially as HSPs. We feel very deeply, and so we need to kind of put up a, a barrier, a boundary. So having a mask that we put on, and now is my my work mask, and now is my mother mask, and now, you know, all of these roles that we fill. And when we remove that mask, now, because if someone criticizes us while we're wearing the mask, it doesn't hurt as badly like man you're such a mean mean boss and it's like eh, well that's not who I am that's just the role that I'm playing right now that's fine but the minute you take that off and you say no this is who I really am and then someone insults you that's gonna hurt that's gonna hurt like a bitch because 
Well, that's you they're insulting, not the mask that you put on that day. So you probably want to be a little bit more reserved, uh, a bit more discerning with who you uh, express that honesty to. Um, And speaking of being like superficial relationships, perhaps at work might be another area where perhaps you're not as open and vulnerable because maybe that's unprofessional. Maybe that's not a safe space. Um, When you've been betrayed, perhaps you don't continue to express vulnerability to them and vulnerability and honesty are interwebbed. Um, I mean, when someone is in a lot of pain and they're coming to you and asking for feedback and they say, no, 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 I really want your honest opinion. It's not that you shouldn't give it. You certainly shouldn't lie. But should you be 100% frank and blunt? Well, perhaps not when they're in pain. I don't know. But maybe that's a question, right? These are... You know, it's easy, I think, to get into a place of, well, honesty is always the best policy. Except that it's not always the best policy. Sometimes people make you a lovely dinner and you don't like it, but you eat it anyway. Sometimes people want to know if you like what they're wearing and you don't love it, but you lie and you say you like it anyway. Is that so bad? Does it matter what your intention is? Is it always bad to lie? I don't know. And so the more digging that I do, here's the bottom line that I've been able to kind of craft. Honesty is lovely, but you've got to have a measure of discernment as well. It's the same thing with being vulnerable, to be honest. You know, lots of people, Brene Brown, I reference her all the time when she talks about vulnerability. She's like, you know, you don't want to emotionally vomit onto people. You don't just say, here's what I'm feeling. I want to give you all my feelings. That's not being vulnerable. That's like emotionally just upchucking onto someone else's world. So you, if you really want to have true vulnerability, you also have to have healthy boundaries. And having a healthy boundary is this is okay and this is not okay. The same, I think, can be said of honesty. So if you're going to be honest, that's great. You know, I love it when people are just ruthless and cruel and they say, what? I'm just being honest. God. And... There is something to be said for holding back and asking the question, is this information useful? So in AA and I believe NA as well, there, there's three rules that are applied, you know, in terms of being honest with people. Is it necessary? Is it honest? Is it kind? And so you can say something to someone that is honest, but it was entirely unnecessary and it was really unkind. So that's the kind of crap when people say things that are just cruel. Like, oh, God, you look awful. Thanks. What? I was just being honest. Possibly, but you weren't asked for that information. That was unnecessary. And it wasn't especially useful. What do you get out of doing that? So honesty, lovely, but be discerning with it. I can go into any kind of a romantic endeavor and say, hey, these are some things about me you should know. I can also go in and say, let me give you my whole life story. Well, I'm giving something that's honest, but I don't know if it's necessary. Now, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about all three, of having to always have all three. Is it honest? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Because I do think there are times in life when conveying something that might not necessarily be kind in the traditional sense can still be necessary and honest. So, you know, you might need to break up with someone and that conversation might feel cruel to the other person. But, well, I don't know. Actually, maybe it is kind because you're being kind enough at least to um, give them the opportunity to find a better partner. So I guess you could swing it, like you could frame it that way. I just, huh. I suppose it depends on what we mean by kind because kind is not the same thing as nice. Nice is just nice. It's so sweet. And kind is it expresses an intention. I'm trying to do you a service. So is it necessary? Is it honest? Is it kind? Maybe we could apply all three. This is probably especially true for highly sensitive people who, as a rule, tend to be pretty conscientious and tend to hate creating unnecessary conflict. So when you're going about your day then and thinking about, well, how honest should I be? 
try applying these three rules for yourself and see how that fits. Or rather, you know, if you can't remember all three, that's fine. Just remember honesty plus discernment, just like vulnerability plus boundaries. Very important. So if you're going to be honest, awesome, but have some discernment. And highly sensitive people are positioned beautifully to be able to bring in that discernment. We probably have more discernment than we know what to do with. We filter everything. We really don't like conflict. (laughs) So, but what I will say too is at least we have um, really great filters when it's, when there's anger involved and we're frustrated about something. I don't know that we always do as it pertains to just standard everyday conversation. I've been to highly sensitive circles before where uh, people will go on and on and on about the frustrations and, and the, oh, it's so hard to be a highly sensitive person and let me tell you about the horrors of my, my life and so on. And there's a, it's beautiful that they're willing to bring that to the fold. But on some level, it's sort of like, mm, but I don't know if I needed all that information. Was it necessary to divulge all of it? So maybe take me as an, as an example and going into the, the realm of romance. I can just sort of give them the whole gambit. Here's what happened in my first relationship, in my second, and in my third, and here's what my dating arena it looks like, and here's all the things. Is that really necessary to go into that level of depth? Is it kind? Might be honest, but mm, I don't know. And in the same way, you know, there are people that I, I know and I love who are blunt to the point of cruelty who will just ream it in, like, I'm going to be honest with you, damn it, and I don't care what you have to say, like, this is me being honest, like, deal with it. And that's fine, but I just don't want to hang out with it for very long, because it's, it's fine to be honest, but one must also practice discernment. I guess at the end of the day, this is really very similar to, uh, you know, the way we are with our, the, the bringing in stuff into our lives and chucking it out. That's a kind of honesty too, when we're being honest about what brings us joy and what we no longer want to keep around because it doesn't serve us. Honesty can be liberating. Honesty can be, oh, such a delight. But honesty can wreak havoc if there isn't discernment that's used at the same time. So it's sort of like, uh, I believe it was Lincoln who said it's better to remain silent and be thought, you know, possibly an idiot than to speak and allow everyone to know that you are, Um, you know, so that discernment is really key. And for highly sensitive people, so all of this is sort of circling back. Why is this important in particular for highly sensitives? Well, number one, because I find that highly sensitive people that I've spoken to are are more likely than most to tell white lies. Um, And maybe that's just, I don't know, maybe that... Maybe I should start by saying I I find there to be a great number of people who are highly sensitive who are also pleasers. And to be a pleaser is to be dishonest. It doesn't mean you can't do wonderful and kind and very nice things for other humans. If you're coming from the space of, it brings me joy to do this for you, that's beautiful. But if it's coming from a space of patterning, that's different. It's almost the same as when people are just unnecessarily blunt. Is that really honest behavior? Are you being true to yourself? Or are you coming from a place of patterning? Because those two things are very different. So there you have it. So for highly sensitive people, we have a tendency to shift into pleaser mode because we don't want to deal with conflict. And conflict is uncomfortable and we can all acknowledge that and that's all well and good. But here's the problem. If we keep doing that, people aren't going to know where they stand and we may invite the wrong kinds of people into our lives. Quite frequently, we'll invite people that are, um, I don't want to say toxic, but who are perfectly delighted to keep taking advantage of the pleasing like you know, style of our behavior. Like, great, you want to keep pleasing me? I am perfectly delighted to be pleased. That's that boundaryless affection. Versus when one is clear and discerning and like, listen, this is where my boundary is. This is what's okay and this is not okay. It's much like when I talked about the benefit of anger in the last podcast. Okay, so it's great to express anger because people who are able to express anger are able to draw a boundary. They're able to communicate. This is not okay. And highly sensitive people often imagine that their anger is just explosive, but it's not felt that way by most others in the world. Anger just feels really hot and intense internally for us and internally for us, even when we're viewing it on other people. 
So it's our work to get more comfortable with expressing anger in a healthy way. Well, how does one express anger in a healthy way? Well, it's a boundary has been crossed. Now I'm going to communicate what's okay and what's not okay. And I'm going to do it with a bit of force because I've been, I've, my sense is that I've been pushed, like someone's pushing me and I need to push back and say, no, no, that's not okay. I'm going to stand here. It's, it's sort of a, a rise to courage as Todd Kashten had said. Well, that's great. But the next piece of that is, okay, so can you do that even without anger? Can you preemptively, in other words, come to the table and start expressing your boundaries? Can you prevent unnecessary conflict by being clear about who you are and where you stand and what your expectations are of your relationships with other humans? Because if you can do that, if you can be honest, if you can give information that's useful, and if it can be done in a way that's kind and that can be received well, everybody wins. You, the little HSP, you win because you'll it'll reduce the number of conflicts significantly because you've set the expectation up. And now it'll be much easier to continue to enforce later on. Much better to be clear right from the beginning. Hey, this is okay. This is not okay. As an example, and in, in this new thing that I'm you know, doing right now with this lovely man, if he suddenly switches gears and says, well, no, I now I have to have my phone with me and now I have to have this and that. Well, now I'm in a space where I've already set up an expectation and I can now feel much more at ease saying, that's perfectly all right. I will excuse myself from the date then. Like, and that won't feel like I'm just con- like pulling a 180. There's, a, there's some reference to it. There's um, precedence that's been set. This is actually part of why, you know, rulings in the Supreme Court are so important. They, they're, when they rule on things, they rely heavily on precedence. Okay, what's been said before and how, do, how should that inform how we rule today? So if I've been making myself clear, I need these things. I need, like, I, I, I make a joke plenty of times. I'm like, I'm not terribly complicated to please. I'm just irritatingly specific. So... Uh, I'm sort of like a dog, and yes, you can go so far as to call me a bitch if that makes you good, you know, chuckle. But I like to be pet. I like to be walked. I like to be fed. <laughs> so um, I love to do things outdoors. I want to be moving. I like to be active. Um, I love to eat, and I like to cook, and all the things that are inherent with that. And then I, I love touch. I like to cuddle. I like to be close to a person. Now, obviously, I also very much like intellectual stimulation, and I want to feel like we have great conversation and I feel like I want all kinds of stuff but those three things are huge for me it's like if you can't you know sit in the same space with me if you don't want to if I don't get fed and walked on a regular basis I'm gonna be a cranky girl so if you don't like doing those things you might want to date someone else I mean I'm just saying and that's helpful there have been many occasions when I've even engaged in conversation with men that I was, you know, like online dating style and the guy in question, I didn't give him a response right away. I, several hours would go by because I would get distracted or maybe even a whole day would go by and they would get really frustrated with it. And I'd say, well, then I'm not the right girl for you. I, you need someone who's more responsive and that's great. And then of course they want to dial back and they say, no, wait, I'm sorry. I overreacted. And it's like, no, you didn't that's totally fine. I'm just not your girl. So go find her. Like many blessings to you on your journey. Go forth. Um, And even with, you know, relationships past where it's just like, hey, we're not compatible. Yes, we are. We can make this work. And it's like, I mean, I suppose we could make it work, but that's awful. I don't want to, it should be the right kind of work. It should be the right kind of burn. That's all honesty coming up and saying this is what I need and this is what I want and the first person that we have to learn to be honest with is ourselves we highly sensitive people are not often just saying lies to others to make keep the peace the first person we have a tendency to lie to is ourselves no 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 it's okay he didn't mean it no 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 it's okay she really does still care about our friendship no 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 it's okay I I must have just misunderstood when in fact, it wasn't okay. We don't really feel that way, but we don't want to have to admit that because then we'd have to really make some tough decisions. But if we are brave enough to be honest with ourselves about our wants and our needs, magical things can happen. 
the minute I was honest with myself about the fact that I didn't want to live in the Bay Area anymore, the minute that I was honest with myself about the fact that I didn't want to be in that relationship anymore, the minute I was honest with myself about the fact that even though my family was upset with me, I still was going to leave. I was honest about the fact that I didn't really care all that much about the fact that I was disappointing my colleagues at work. It's not that I didn't care about the pain I might be creating. It was that I, I, I needed to be honest with what I needed in my life. So I went for it and I have a really lovely life right now. And that's just, you know, it's sort of like, don't worry, you know, just like any time. If you like the weather, great. Don't worry, it'll change. If you don't like the weather, well, great. Don't worry, it'll change. So this time next week, I might be doing a podcast where I say, oh, this just in, this horrible, terrible thing has happened to me and now I'm reckoning with it because that's life. We live, we are very vulnerable, fragile insignificant creatures on this tiny little planet that's circulating this tiny little star that's circulating in this tiny little unit like um oh solar system that's and so on and so forth and i don't mean to say we're all insignificant from the place of and therefore nothing matters but it's more like and therefore life is too short to be telling lies to ourselves you know at any moment Everything could fall apart. We deserve to have a life that looks like us if it is within our reach. So in this next week, when you're thinking about yourself as a highly sensitive person and you're reflecting about what brings joy to you in your life and what, what, cre- what, what brings meaning to you in your life, and when you're thinking about the kinds of t- ways you like to spend your time, Try being honest, at least with yourself. When people invite you to go do something, and if you don't feel comfortable, even if you ultimately end up doing it to keep the peace, be honest with yourself that that's what you're doing. Um, If you're feeling upset about the circumstances of your life, you know, you're stuck at home, you've got children at home, and you're exhausted, and you just can't anymore, be honest with yourself. Hey, you know, right now, this is really, really hard. And I don't know if I can take it anymore. I need a minute. And even if you don't give yourself that minute, give yourself a moment of honesty with yourself in understanding what your needs are. And then when you feel confident enough in what you, what, what you need for your own self, start communicating that with other people. Okay, well, how though can we be honest with other people with um, while still being so honest, saying something that's necessary, saying that's something that's kind? Well, the best way we do that is with assertive communication. And I've done a whole podcast on this before, but remember, assertive communication is like there's passive, you matter, I don't. There's aggressive, I matter, you don't. Passive aggressive, I matter, you don't, but I don't want to own it. And then assertive, I matter, you matter. So for your own self, being honest is about acknowledging I matter. My needs, my wants, they're okay to have. And even if they're not accessible, It's okay to want them, to need them. That doesn't make me a problem. I can say it, at least to myself. And then when you want to then pull that into the the world of the other people in your life. Okay, so then just be asking these questions. Is this thing I'm saying to them honest? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Like, what is it that you're hoping to achieve by giving this information to them? Because it's data. And presumably you're hoping to get an outcome. So with assertive communication, when you're trying to be honest, it's not just, I don't like it. It's not throwing a tantrum. It's not going to your friends and saying, you know, like you're just blabbing all over them and saying, I'm going to tell you all the things and all my feelings. And I don't care what your feelings are. And I don't care how much suffering you're going through. I don't feel good. And it's your job to make it better. That would make you a child. So don't do that. And don't assume that you know what the other person's intentions are. This is especially true right now when we're in the middle of a pandemic. All of our capacity is so much lower. We're working on we're working on fumes here, folks. There's an election going on. There's a pandemic happening. There's a lot of economic turmoil. There's people on unemployment. There's people who are um, considered essential employees who are in jobs that are dangerous. We are all tired. We are all exhausted even. So if by honest, if you say, Hey, I heard this great podcast on honesty. So let me just go over there and, you know, crap on your day. (laughs) No, 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 no. 
it the, the concept of if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. I wouldn't go that far, but I might go so far as to say, if you don't have something discerning to say, if you don't have something useful to add, then don't say anything at all. Wait. Wait until you what it is you have to say is going to add value into the space. Wait until what it is that you have to say is coming from your true self, coming from a space of I'm being honest with me and now I'm sharing this with you. Not from a place of reaction, not from a place of I don't know how to contain my own emotions and so I'm now going to bleed them onto you. I'm going to leave you to be responsible for how I feel. You all have to fix my problem. I'm going out into the world and I'm a princess, dang it. And all of you, my faithful little subjects, your whole world should revolve around making me happy. Well, that might be honest, but is it necessary and is it kind? No. And that's what I'm noticing a lot of people doing in their marriages and their relationships in general. And it's just because we're all so tired. Um, In a podcast I heard recently, there was a discussion, like a woman was talking about how she is, you know, engages with her husband and they talked about the having a gap plan. And so it's like, okay, so... Ideally, you want between the two people in a relationship to end up with 100% capacity. So some days that means, you know, maybe one person comes in with 90 and the other person comes in with 10. Maybe it's 50-50. Maybe it's 60-40. But it's a dance. But when you're in a situation like a pandemic, we're all running on 20, 30, 40%. And so often we have a gap. Maybe I'm running on 20% and my partner's running on 20%. So we've got a 60% gap. Okay, so maybe don't assume that what they're experiencing is less difficult than what you're experiencing. That then adds this next layer in terms of honesty, which is curiosity. It's great to be honest with yourself. It's phenomenal if you can then take that to the next level and be honest with other people and then be assertive about what your needs and wants are. But you gotta also bring in curiosity. I'm being honest with you. Here's what I need. And now I need to know what your needs are. And it's truly being curious. What is your experience like? What is it like to be you? I'm trying here and I don't understand. That curiosity is incredibly disarming. So while anger can be helpful and while being honest is essential, if you do all of that without a measure of curiosity, all you're going to create is a war. And when we're all at our wits end at this point in the game, maybe that's not the best strategy. So come into a space when trying to be honest, even with yourself, where you have some curiosity. Hey, what's really going on there? Like, I said that that was fine, but somehow I don't feel like it's fine. Why is my body rejecting this thing? Like, go into the body and ask, like, how am I feeling? You know, did my stomach suddenly get butterflies in it? Like, what just happened? Um, yeah, so that's honesty. (laughs) If you can be honest, you can make a little bit of heaven on earth. Every time that you're dishonest, you make life a little bit more like hell. If you're able to be honest more often, your health will improve. But if you want to be honest, make sure that you have a measure of discernment. Those are basically the takeaways for tonight. Um, I also want to say, uh, in terms of you know, like before I close for the evening, as I write, I'm doing this in the evening in my world. Um, I also just want to take a moment to say that, uh, you know, if you go into my website, I'm, I'm creating more offerings and I'm running a kind of experiment. So, uh, if you go to www.thehealthysensitive.com and you go to the membership page, um, I'm, I've got three levels. There's the samplers, the healthy, sensitive samplers. And every week I'm kind of updating it on just sort of a summary of what I've talked about throughout the week. There's the, um, sort of middle path, about $5 a month. You get access to a few classes. And then on top of that, a sort of update to different topics that I talk about sort of like in a podcast, but just there's more frequency and I'm there, there's more specificity with what I'm covering that day and there's resources and stuff like that. And then the final one is you get access to all the goods. So the daily updates, as well as all of any classes that I um, offer. So there's some new courses that I've offered and they're priced higher. I'm really trying to basically, by pricing them higher, dissuade people from doing them a la carte, uh, primarily because I, I wanted to find a way 
to have subjects where I could just add content as I go. So right now, if you were to go into the course section, there's a few courses where it, you know, you'll go and there's only like two audios that are there. And it's like, God, this much money for two audios. Well, my intention is for it to be ongoing. So every you know couple of days, I'm going to be updating each of these sections. One of them is on uh, the philosophy of yoga. One of them is specifically on highly sensitive men, since I think that's a subject that we need to bring to the fold, you know, especially right now. Um, um, there's one on getting better sleep and, you know, just, and of course there's finally one that's just new up and coming research on highly sensitive people in general. So right now, as I mentioned, there's only a couple of audio recordings in each of them. And so it doesn't look like much. But if you become a member, you'll notice that very quickly these are going to start racking up. Now, initially, I thought what I would do is I would just wait until I had, you know, 20 audio recordings or something. And then I thought, I'll just offer it to members right now because they're already paying a subscription so they can get it as I produce it. Um, So if you're at all interested in that, please let me know or, you know, just you can go into www.thehealthysensitive.com. Um, and then just click on memberships. It's also a phenomenal way to support the podcast. If this is something that you have found helpful and valuable. And if you can't afford it, once again, there is the healthy sensitive samplers and that one is complimentary. So you'll still have access to sort of the summaries. You'll get a sense of what's going on. And there are a few classes that you get, uh, access to just by virtue of becoming a member. So there's that. Uh, also the next thing I'll say is, uh, Coaching is always an option. If ever you're interested in having wellness coaching or in life coaching, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. You can email me directly, Leah, L-E-A-H, at thehealthysensitive.com. You can also reach me through my website. So, yeah, I think I've successfully just blabbed on for that entire time. So, thank you very much (laughs) for putting up with me this week. Uh, such a delight. Always wonderful when for I, uh, so I've heard from a couple of people this last few weeks and it just brings me so much joy. So if ever you have questions or if there's ever a topic that you would like to hear more about, um, you know, like, Hey, a couple of people even asked for a few subjects in terms of podcasts that are coming up. And I'm very excited because that gives me all these ideas for different subjects I'm going to cover. Um, so yeah, if you have questions, if you just want to reach out, You don't necessarily have to be a coaching client to get information. I'm always happy to hear from you. And uh, yeah, any questions at all, Leah at thehealthysensitive.com. I hope you have a marvelous week and I will be talking to you next week. (laughs) Yeah, that's all that. Anyway, bye.